Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon. Welcome into this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, family-owned full-service funeral home. That has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Pudnick, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us here. We're produced on the TV 10 side by our intern, Gerald Wright. As uh, we get things going today, it was a big night around the Eastern Panhandle last night as regional girls basketball action. Two teams, four teams came in, two teams will head down to Charleston and punch their ticket. And last night on TV 10, uh, that was Washington girls basketball in or last night on WR and RTV on YouTube. That was Washington in comeback fashion as they were able to come back uh, from being down at the end of the third quarter to win 58-45 to clinch their first co-region title and first trip to the state tournament in school history. Colin, you had the call for that one. Yeah, it was a great game uh, that Martinsburg actually led for a majority of the time. Uh, and they looked like the better team throughout the first three quarters. Then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, foul trouble just caught up to the Bulldogs. The offense uh, stopped being as efficient as it was all game long. And Washington's offense exploded for a 30-8 to quarter. It was a crazy comeback for the Patriots, even though you never really felt like they were out of it at any point of the game. But Rivera, who didn't start, came off the bench, uh, was able to score. Lexi Adams had a big night, too, and those are the two girls that Washington needs to have their majority of the scoring from if they want to win, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I thought it was a uh, entertaining game last night. Obviously, uh, early on, Martinsburg was in control. It looked like the Bulldogs were going to pull off a pretty big upset uh, over this Washington team, who I knew they had beaten earlier in the season, but seemed to be playing some good basketball. Seemed to be, uh, you know, in position to advance to the state tournament. But Martinsburg was in control early, and then late in the game, you had a nice lead heading into the fourth quarter, but Washington just continued to fight back, and and you never felt like Washington was out of the game, even when they were down and struggling offensively. Once they were kind of finding some holes in that Martinsburg defense with the zone, and then late down the stretch, Martinsburg had too many turnovers. Cadence Bradley fouls out on a terrible call, uh, in my opinion, but... Um, I don't know if that made the ultimate difference in the game, but it certainly took away one of Martinsburg's big advantages, which was their height advantage, and not having her in the game, uh, you know, really limits their offense because they have to run pretty much just through Fitzpatrick and, and Strovel at times. But uh, it's not the same when you don't have your your post presence there in Bradley. So and it takes away on defense as well because she's obviously a good rim protector. And I just thought that, that was a bad call to foul her out on, but. Um, in terms of the overall game I thought Washington played really well down the stretch Rivera and Adams showed up when you needed them to uh, their role players did just enough and uh, it was a good win for Washington good, good comeback victory really entertaining game 
And I think the future in the pack is going to be very exciting because Washington has a very young team. They only have one senior on their roster. Uh, Martinsburg has a relatively young team. They'll have a lot coming back next year. We know, obviously, Spring Mills is still going to be very good. Jefferson will continue to be, I'm sure, a good program under Coach Smith. So uh, the future looks good, and I think there's a lot of talent in this area. But overall, just a good win for Washington and what was an entertaining game last night. We'll be joined uh, – well, well, let's hear first from head coach of the Washington Patriots, Rashawn Edwards, after the game with Dylan Bishop. Yeah. All right, Coach, you guys losing, coming into the fourth quarter. What was the difference in that last quarter to be able to come back and get this game and get the victory, win the regional championship? I, I just told them, you know, we just had to pick up. We had to turn, fix some things on defense. Um, they were able to do that. They responded. They kept fighting. And we just didn't keep our They didn't hang their heads. They kept fighting. They kept, they kept playing. That's all it was about. School's first trip to the state ch- tournament. What does that mean? for you as a coach and for these players and for the school in general it it's tremendous for them i'm just i'm, I'm extremely proud of them they they bought into what we wanted to do they, they when they bought in they were able to do something special so i'm extremely proud of them All right, congrats go celebrate with your team right, thank you appreciate it that was head coach of the washington lady patriots Rashawn Edwards, they make it to the state tournament in his first season as head coach, although he did take over a pretty good team uh, that had made it to the region final last year. But, I mean, what he's able to do this year is pretty pretty remarkable, especially with the amount of girls that were on that team. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it before. Only a 10-player roster at the end of the season for Washington. So, you know, most teams obviously have a JV. Washington doesn't have a JV. They don't have that much bench depth. So there's a lot of challenges, and, and you saw that throughout the game last night. You know, Lexi Adams picked up four fouls, I believe, just over two minutes to go in the third quarter, and he had to find a way to manage that. Madison Hardy, I think, had four fouls relatively early in the game, and he found a way to manage her minutes and keep her on the floor. And I thought she played a really, she did a really good job of tipping some passes, tipping some shots, and, and playing tough in the post considering the height advantage that Martinsburg has and uh, a lot of that gets credited to Coach Edwards obviously he has a talented team but when you have that little uh, roster depth and you're still able to make it out of a game without having your players foul out who are key players with four fouls I think that's very impressive and shows your ability to operate as a young coach and find a way to get the win and uh, keep the consistency and get his team motivated. And I thought both coaches did a fantastic jobs in their first season, in Coach Fitzpatrick and Coach uh, Edwards. Um, but overall, you know, maybe a few adjustments down the stretch go in Coach Edwards' way. But overall, I think they both did a really good job, and it was a really uh, well-executed game plan by Washington down the stretch to keep their players from fouling out and uh, finding a way to get the win despite some of those uh, disadvantages that they have with the roster. Washington gets the eighth seed. They'll play number one Wheeling Park Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. We'll preview more of that game next week. But let's talk about the other game here a little bit before we get into all EPAC teams that were released for both boys and girls yesterday. Uh, Spring Mills unsurprisingly wins the 
co-region title here in Region 2 once again, defeating Jefferson 53-30. to We'll be joined by head coach George Gosk here in about five to seven minutes here. Uh, but not surprisingly, Jefferson wins. Or excuse me, Spring Mills wins. I messed up there. I was about to say, yeah, if Jefferson won, it would have not been. Surprisingly, surprisingly, the Cardinals yes, win. Yes, Spring Mills gets to stay undefeated. Uh, don't want to get into it too much, as since you just said Coach Gosk will be on with us here shortly to really talk about that game in the season as a whole. But uh, a little bit want to get into just the disrespect I feel like they're shown afterwards on oh. getting the oh yeah fifth seed. So much disrespect in the. Uh, State playoffs, a team. The only undefeated fin- team. Final in the state. AP ranking had them as third, the only undefeated team in the state. And they in get all classification. Fifth seed. It is absolutely laughable that they are the fifth seed. And a little disrespect, I feel like, shown towards Washington, too, a team at 12 and 11. Yeah, not the best record, but not the worst record out of the eight teams. And they're still the eighth seed in Princeton above them at 11 and 14. So it's sad to see that Region 2 always gets disrespected every single year, no matter what. Yeah, I would think that even though I don't necessarily think Spring Mills should be like a one or two seed, because I do think that their strength of schedule isn't the best, being the five seed at undefeated seems pretty harsh. Um, I think they should at least be a three or four seed, in my opinion. Uh, And then Washington. You know, there's definitely an argument that they should be a little bit higher as well. But I think Princeton upsetting GW to get to the championship game maybe gives them a little bit more value to their overall resume, and that's why they get the seventh spot opposed to the eight. Um, But either way, you know, the difference between one and two isn't that much. So if you're playing, you know, the eight versus one or the seven versus two, you're not really expected to win. But, I mean... You never know what could happen down there in Charleston, so we'll see how the the uh, tournament plays out. But I would agree. I think Spring Mills is a five being undefeated is ridiculous. But Yeah, they will play uh, number four, Cabell Midland, Tuesday night at 9 p.m. The only undefeated team in all classifications in the state gets a fifth seed. Uh, much disrespect there. But let's talk about all the, the all EPAC teams that were released yesterday afternoon. Uh, we were enjoying some lunch down at Ollie's, and we – clocked or checked in and saw him uh reagan etzel freshman from spring mills unsurprisingly averages double double all season wins player of the year uh coach gosk wins coach of the year in the pack uh the other lady cardinals on team on the first team kyla dandridge olivia bullduke other first team members include kyla fitzpatrick cadence bradley of martinsburg serenity ritchie of musselman Ke- uh, kelsey van donna hedgesville mckenzie breswick of jefferson lexi adams mary rivera of washington and on second team is olivia hedrick jasmine taylor of jefferson ariana hairston kendall Etobi of washington Nevaeh Thompson of Musselman and Corinne Edsel of Spring Mills. Uh, it's a pretty good team there. Yeah, I don't really have any issues with either of those teams. Maybe you can make the argument for Jasmine Taylor being a first-teamer, but um, I didn't see every game she played. But in the games that we did see for Jefferson, she always stood out to me as a really good defender, uh, one of the fastest players in the state, is what Coach Smith would always tell us. And uh, I think she has maybe an argument for first-team, but – Besides that, I think overall those teams make sense, uh, and those are all the players that you would want to include. It just depends if you think maybe somebody should be first team that's on second team. I agree. 
All right, that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford, Kim Parsons Ford, and Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll be joined by the EPAC Girls Coach of the Year and Spring Mills Head Coach George Goss to discuss their regional championship win last night and heading to States. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 back in two minutes. For new car dealerships and for used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center, 400 West Stevens Street, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. Panhandle Printing and Design is your full-service local print shop. With over 50 years of combined experience, we know how to handle all of your printing and design needs. We can handle anything, from small business to large vehicles. Our in-house design team can do it all. As a staple of this community, we love helping people promote their events, businesses, and anything they're passionate about. Envision, create, and bring your ideas to life with Panhandle Printing and Design. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on, on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us here. So we're now joined on the phone by a lot of things here. ZPAC Girls Coach of the Year. He's back-to-back sectional and regional championship winning head coach of the Spring Mills Lady Cardinals, George Gosk. How are you doing today, Coach Gosk? Doing great, fellas. Uh, you know, excited about last night and excited for the state tournament. And, you know, looking back at your game last night, uh, it was a 53-30 to victory over Jefferson. And you told us kind of all season long that Jefferson has been the team that's kind of given your team fits throughout the EPAC. Yeah, um, you know, last night was the, uh, you know, the same thing like we expected, you know, um Olivia Hedrick inside there gives you know, anybody really they play a fit and I know they they like to pound the ball inside to her against us, you know, with our size and and they did that last night and and for a bit in the first half, um, you know, we struggled to score. So, you know, it was a it was a, it was a good game in the first half and we weren't able to pull away until the third fourth quarter. What do you think allowed your team to pull away and, and close out the regional and get the win? 
Yeah, so I think for the turn for us in the second half, I think we went into the half with a, about a 10-point lead. And, um, you know, for us to be able to pull away in the second half, I think our, our defensive effort uh, posted up a little bit better, and we were able to get some steals and transition buckets. And, uh, you know, that helped put, bump the lead up a little bit. And, and uh, pressing forward, Jefferson, we, we spread them out. Uh, they had to come out and guard us, man, and, and that, that for us sealed the deal. And another regional championship for your team now. You get to head back to the state tournament. Just talk about kind of a little bit of a almost local dynasty that you've been able to create there at Spring Mills. Well, yeah. Um, you know, when I first took this job, um, they had a really good girls program for the first two seasons. And, you know, I walked into a good situation, and I've just been able to maintain that and actually, you know, these past couple of years build it, keep building it further and, you know, I think you just got to stay humble, um, you know, make sure the kids stay humble. And, uh, you know, we want to have a shot here at the state tournament to keep advancing our program forward. And that's, you know, hopefully able to win the whole thing. Back to last night's game, the Edsel sisters combined for 29 points, 13 steals. Uh, Reagan Edsel has 10 rebounds, another double-double for her in a game. Uh, what have those two sisters meant to your team this year? Yeah, wow, those two. Um, they feed off each other uh, all year. And, um, you know, I think Corinne, she she's, has been more comfortable this year playing with her younger sister. And I think vice versa as well. Um, Reagan, I think a lot of her success, you know, she's comfortable where she's at. She, she has played with a lot of these girls before. And so she just kind of fit right in. We plugged her right in and she's done a great job. Um, you know, Corinne last night, she stepped up big time. She's, uh, she needed that game last night, and, and Reagan with another double-double. I mean, what do you say about those two? Any any coach would love to have a sister duo like that. And, Coach, your team is still uh, very young as you head into the state tournament. Uh, last year you got some experience of playing in the state tournament. Um, how do you take that experience and, and go on a run this year uh, with this group? Yeah, so, um, you know, the, the main eight kids that, that we play in our games, you know, we're going to roster 13, but the main eight, nine kids that we've played, they actually, you know, other than Reagan, they have stepped foot on the floor at the state tournament. And so, you know, I think that is going to give us a little comfort in the fact that they've been there, they've experienced that. Um, you know, and I, I think, like, Reagan's, she's the only one, you know, who hasn't really played there. And so I, I, but with her, I'm not worried about that. I think she's going to step right into that. And, you know, I look for us to compete. I don't want to make it so much about, hey, you know, we're at the state tournament. You can get caught up in the glitz and glamour of it. But, you know, we're down there now and, and we've been there before. And, and, you know, we want to get that first game under our belt and see what happens after that. First game, uh, pitch you guys as the five seed against the four seed. Being the only undefeated team, though, in quad A, is there any disrespect felt being the five seed? Or are you not too worried about that because you know ultimately, hopefully, that your team's the best team no matter what? Yeah, exactly. I think that's a good point you just made. Um, you know, I don't think we feel disrespected. Obviously, you know, you want to get a higher seed, you know, because that might help you a little bit. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to play the best teams down at the state tournament. And, and you know, if you're going to play in that championship game, you're going to you're going to see the best team no matter what. So, you know, let's go ahead and, and knock out, you know, one of the best teams early. And, and that's, you know, Cabell Midland all year has been up there in the top five. So, um, you know, we figure we might get the four or five seed. So 
I think the four and five seed becomes kind of the same seed because they're going to match up against each other. It's just the difference of, uh, you know, the color jersey. Um, so we're looking forward to that matchup, and, uh, you know, hopefully we're going to compete and give them a heck of a game. And what do the travel plans look like with your game set for Tuesday at 9 p.m.? When do you guys head out, and are you going to take a practice at a, at a school somewhere? Yeah, so we're uh, we're going to look to head down Monday morning, and you know when we arrive in Charleston, we're we're going to head to West Virginia State University, and we'll have a practice there. Um, you know, it's nice uh, for us. I like I like that nine o'clock game at night. You know, with the travel day on Monday, it, it will give us some time to to rest and get our feet under us on Tuesday. We'll probably have a, a shoot around or Tuesday morning. You know, get the kids up, get them moving get them shooting around a little bit, talk a little bit of strategy, finish up, wrap it up, you know, eat some dinner, rest back at the hotel, and then head to the Civic Center for – we'll probably go ahead and catch the game before ours, and then, you know, it'll be game time at 9. Coach, do you know anything about uh, Cavill Midland and uh, what, I guess, early on are you looking at to try to get the win? Yeah, I know, uh, you know, Cavill Midland's a diverse team and what they can do offensively and defensively. Um, you know, I was watching a little bit of film from them last night. Um, this, they got this Jade Ali girl, and uh, you know she looks like a prime player for them. Can score the basketball pretty well. Um, you know they have, I think they have solid guard play. They can shoot it. And they have they have a couple bigs down low. Um, no bigs like Livia Hedrick or uh, or um, you know the girl from Martinsburg. Um, so I, I think we've been tested there. So I think we'll be okay with that. But I think we just we just need to do what we've done all year, um, you know, and, and that's play defense and, and give a heck of a defensive effort. And then I think everything else will fall into place for us, hopefully. In a tournament setting, what do you preach to your team that they need to do to make a run and win states? Yeah, so, you know, a couple uh, times this year we've played back-to-back games. We had one week where, man, we were loaded up with games. We played four games in like five nights or something, six nights. And so, you know, for us – for us and and at the state tournament, it, it really becomes you got to get the first game under your belt, and then you know the next the next two games they become strategic, and and you're going to have a day off in between games for us. And so, if you're able to win the first one, that day off becomes important. How you prepare physically and mentally on your day off for the next game and your opponent. So, once you get the first one. Um, I think your confidence level, obviously, it goes up tremendously, and anything can happen at that point, no matter what seed you are. Um, you know, I was lucky to be a part of Hedgesville's team back in 2012 on the boys' side of it, and we won the state tournament as a seven seed. And, uh, you know, I can just remember Coach Church talking about, you know, how any anything can happen at any given time. You're at the state tournament, so it doesn't matter what seed you are. Just go out there and, and give anybody a heck of a game. Coach Goss, thanks for the time. Best of luck on Tuesday. Hope we're talking Wednesday about a win and moving on to the next round. Certainly. Thank you so much, guys. All right, that was head coach George Gosk of the Spring Mills Lady Cardinals heading down to the state tournament for a game next Tuesday in the first round as the number five seed against the number four seed, the Cabell Midland Lady Knights. And, guys, uh, we have a little bit of time here. What do we think about that matchup? I mean, we don't know a lot about Cabell Midland. I'm going to try to do some digging and maybe get a reporter on from the Herald Dispatch maybe on Tuesday to preview the game from that side of things. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, Spring Mills has a lot of talent. And we've talked about maybe they haven't been tested too much with their schedule. And I think that's fair to, to look at their some of the teams they played. 
Uh, but one thing that is clear is they have the talent, right? Olivia Bolduc's a really good guard. Corinne Edsel is another good guard. Uh, Reagan Edsel is a player that can do it all. Um, they obviously have Dandridge and a few uh, are key players and really good scorers. So they clearly have enough talent, I think, to knock off anybody in the state without even you know seeing a lot of these other teams. But I just think talent shows pretty easily. And, and when you watch Spring Mills play, you see the talent. They are still a very young team, uh, sophomore, freshman-led for the most part. So that is a challenge. But I think now that they've played down there before and they know kind of what to expect – for the majority of the team, that helps a lot. And I think there's a chance Spring Mills can at least get a first-round win, maybe even go on to win the state title. Um, but it is kind of a team where I think there is still some question marks and a lot will be answered based on how they play in this first game. Um, and that's why you see them get the five seed. and Because uh, we don't know what how they compare to these other teams across the state. We just know how they compare to the teams around here. And we know the teams around here have kind of struggled at times this year. So, um, overall, though, I still think Spring Mills has the talent that they could win the state tournament. But it's tough to gauge because we don't know too much about these other teams as of right now. Yeah, but we'll have you covered all next week. Uh, hopefully, we're talking to Coach Gosk and uh, as well as, as – uh, Blanking. Coach Edwards. Coach Edwards, sorry. I was saying – I had his first name. Yes. Yes. Hopefully we're talking to both of them next Wednesday about wins and moving on to the second round. But that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix. Brought to you in part by Arsini's Home Store. Not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding. Outdoor living and his family-owned operator right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way. Go to Orsini's.com for more on their side of this break. We'll talk EPAC boys, all EPAC team, plus more coming up next on the other side of this two-minute break. This is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces. Not just Traeger, we carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com. The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be. Join us every night to relax and enjoy football or basketball games featuring either the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Shepherd University Rams, or West Virginia Mountaineers. We will have steak night every Wednesday, trip nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. You can find us on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. Shenandoah Community Health continues to offer COVID vaccinations and clinics each Saturday throughout the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. The COVID vaccinations and boosters are free to anybody age 12 and up. To find out more, call 304-269-999 or visit Shenandoah Community Health's website. Get your COVID vaccination or booster free to anybody age 12 and up at any of the Saturday clinics hosted by Shenandoah Community Health in the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. Call 304-263-4999 today. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. 
Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us here. So we talk some more EPAC this time on the boys' hoops. Yes, late last night. Late last night, the all-EPAC boys' basketball team was released. We had saw some rumblings throughout the day of players on the team. Uh, but uh, as I texted Nick last night when I saw it, somebody on here... Makes sense, but we didn't peg them to be on the first team necessarily. What good ups to them for being on the first team? Uh, the first team, uh, not not shockingly, we'll go with the player of the year first. I think we discussed this yesterday, and we all were correct pretty much about it. Caleb Thomas of Spring Mills named player of the year in the EPAC. Uh, he was joined on the first team by Jefferson's Jaden Gladney, Jamari Jenkins, and Will Shively, Hedgesville's Cam Wilkes, Martinsburg's Avion Blackwood, and Chase Shipley, and Musselman's Matt Mahood. Yeah, I think once we knew that none of the Jefferson players were player of the year, Thomas made the most sense there. And when you look at Caleb Thomas, I think it could make the most sense either way. Even though he didn't play on the number one team in the EPAC, he played on the number two. He was completely dominant all season. And yeah, I mean, the guy does so many different things. And especially what happened with their roster, uh, Caleb had to play many different roles. He was not only the tallest kid on the team but he was the point guard uh really good passer really good rebounder blocks a ton of shots and he can score a bit too so i think overall i mean the most valuable player in the EPAC yeah. by far uh is caleb thomas and probably the best too in terms of potential and everything as well and only a sophomore uh, definitely well deserving of that award and when you look at that first team um, the trio from Jefferson, I think we all expected. Yeah, I could have saw, you know, I thought maybe Will Shively would get player of the year with him being a senior. I thought maybe that would be enough to, to put him over. But, I mean, obviously, you know, he's a really good player, and all three of those guys make a lot of sense. You know, you mentioned Shipley as being kind of the surprise guy, but I don't think when you really look at the numbers and everything that Chase Shipley is a surprise. I mean, some of the games we saw – uh, I think it just maybe was more so an overlook because we didn't expect him to take such a big jump his sophomore season this year. Uh, but, I mean, he had the game at Musselman uh, where he played really well. He had the game uh, where he scored, like, all of Martinsburg's points that one night. Yeah. So, you know, there was quite a few times where he was the yeah. best player on the floor for the Bulldogs. And uh, and I think that was because Avion Blackwood was taken out of the game. Part I also think it was a partial overlook, sorry to interrupt, because we weren't sure how many players were on the first right, team. Yeah, like, we for for us, it was five, five right? That, yeah. That's a team, but no. But I still think, you know, definitely a guy that is well-deserving, ton of talent there in Shipley, and I'm excited about his future uh, only being a sophomore. That would be eight guys on the first team if you count the player of the year to be on the first team, which, yeah. which you do. Well, you do. Uh, then Cam Wilkes from Hedgesville. I think that was pretty expected. Cam Wilkes had a solid year this year. Right, again, knowing that there's eight guys on the team, you got to put Cam Wilkes up there, one of the best players on one of the best teams in the uh, in the EPAC. Yeah, and then the other player, I mean, we talked about Chase Shipley, Avion Blackwood. I think Avion Blackwood, just a given that he was going to be on there. Yeah. Uh, was Musselman's Matt Mahood. He led the team in points, 12.2 points a game. Uh, he also had a field goal percentage of about 47%, led them in rebounds with 7.1 a game as well. And, and, you know, I think he was a guy that we kind of expected to be on potentially on the first team or if not the first team on the second team. 
Yeah, he's the heart and soul of muscle, muscle especially this year. Especially so. with Troy Wolston missing a good portion of the season. Yep. Yeah, before Wolston really came back, I mean, at one point, and they started to get their confidence with the other players around him, at one point it seemed like Matt Mahood was the only guy that could consistently put the ball in the basket. Uh, toward the middle and end of the year, we saw Gavin McLean come on and play some good minutes for them, Troy Wolston, Nate White. But early on in the season, Mahood was their main and, and really only consistent offensive weapon. So, of course, he's got to be first team. Uh, as the year went on and we see how Musman's playing now, they definitely have more guys playing at a high level. But, um, I mean, you with it being, you know, we thought maybe only five guys would be on the first team just if you were to take your starting five or whatever. Then maybe six it, person. I think – there's a good argument that Matt Mahood would be that fifth player that you would yeah. say would be on there because of how much he carried Musselman early in the year and and toward the middle and the end of the year. Obviously, they've gotten better as an overall team, but uh, Matt Mahood definitely deserving. Yeah, definitely. We'll move on to the second team now. Washington gets a player on the second team. That's Chris Dolman. Uh, what do we think about that, guys? I think he's a Makes freshman. Sense. He's a great shooter. Yeah, great yeah. shooter for their good team. Point. He's the future of the Washington Patriots and. Uh, you know, what coach is building out there at Washington. Uh, three guys from Hedgesville, Jackson Rest, Christian Bullduke, and Stephon Barclay. That makes sense to me. Yeah, I think, again, you could probably make an argument for a few of those guys to potentially be on the first team, but it just depends on how many first-teamers you're going to take. I don't think you would take anybody off of the first team, so uh, all those guys really solid there at Hedgesville. Next round is Gavin McLean and Troy Wolston of Musselman. I'm you know, not that I'm shocked, but Troy Wilson didn't get to play a full season. He came back, he played the final, including the playoffs so far, 12 games of the year. Uh, but his stats have been phenomenal. I mean, he's averaged 9.2 points a game in that time. He's shooting 47% from the field, seven rebounds, uh, 2.4 assists, a steal and a half a game, along with about half a block a game. Uh, but uh, in the short time that he's played this season, he's made a huge impact and uh, happy to see that he gets recognized for what he's been able to do coming off that injury. Yeah, it's definitely deserved that he's on the list. Just imagine if he got to play the full season and wasn't injured. Probably could have been during football. Could have pushed Caleb Thomas been, for player yeah, of the year. That's exactly where I was going to go because just like Caleb Thomas, Troy Wollaston is that all around player that you see. He's able to block, shoot, rebound. Has some solid passes, too. He's an all-around player like Thomas, and that's honestly why Thomas got it player of the year over guys like Jenkins, like Gladney, in my opinion, is because he's the all-around player. Those guys might be better than Thomas in some categories, but overall, as a player, holistically, you got to go with Thomas. Yeah, I think Wollston, uh, when you consider him for the team or being on the first or second team, obviously – when he got back is when Musselman really started to roll. So yeah. uh, you see his impact right there. Um, I don't know if he would have been necessarily in the player of the year conversation. I think uh, Caleb Thomas is a better player overall than Troy, but Troy's still a very good player. He's made a huge difference for Musselman. Um, but I think the fact that Thomas plays on a better team overall too would probably help him for that award. But uh, Musselman has – gotten to the point now where they're in the conversation to maybe even make a run at the state tournament once again they've knocked off spring mills they've knocked off hedgesville so whoever they were to draw after this sectional championship they know they can beat so uh it should be fun i think and uh, wolston's obviously been a huge part of that and uh, you 
you're excited to see what he can do next year fully healthy. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully. And you talk about a guy like Gavin McLean, you know, leading scorer on the team uh, for Musselman, 11.6 points a game. Uh, he shoots 46% from the field, 32, 33% from three. His field goal or his free throw percentage, 86%. He's just an all-around good player at 243 points this season. Uh, you know, well-deserving to be on the second team. Yeah, McLean was a guy that early on seemed to take a little bit to get his confidence, uh, but really good shooter when he's you know feeling it and uh, they're getting him the ball involved in the offense. So I like Gavin McLean's game quite a bit and definitely a guy that uh, I would have considered for first or second team, so it makes sense. Yeah, I completely agree. As Nick said earlier, at the start of the season, it was really just the Mahood show for Musselman so they needed guys to step up if they wanted to compete at the level that they are right now in the EPAC and he was one of them so he's definitely deserving to be on the list all right moving on to the next one Caleb Robinson of Spring Mills don't have stats on hand for Caleb Robinson but he was a pretty solid player as a senior this year yeah one of the leaders on that team uh a guy that we've talked about before on the broadcast for Spring Mills he just always seems to be at the right place at the right time and can make those little plays that don't even necessarily show up in a stat sheet so uh again makes sense i mean i haven't had an issue with any of these guys yeah i don't have an issue with him being on the list i know when cheek uh was no longer on the team for spring hills uh, robinson was a guy that had to stop up and if i remember correctly even at a 30 point game at one point so his ceiling is really high you don't get to see his ceiling every night but uh average wise he's definitely played it belongs yeah, and we'll round out the second team on the all-EPAC team for the boys basketball. Wyatt Shively, uh, pretty good numbers there. As a junior, 7.4 points a game, 6.6 rebounds a game, about an assist and a steal per game as well with half a block a game. I mean, he's a player that next year uh, is probably going to make the jump to first team uh, You know, as his brother is a senior, so he'll probably step up to where his brother was and uh, well-deserving of a second-team nod. Yeah, for Wyatt Shively, I think first of all he's the he's the toughness of Jefferson. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's he's what the, I was going to say. He's a fighter. He's the extra thing that they need to be able to win games uh, because of his presence down low and what he's able to do on rebounding and setting screens and stuff that doesn't necessarily get a ton of notice. And then he can score too. I mean, when they need him to score, he did it against Martinsburg for a really big game. Uh, he had a few games this year where he was shooting threes as well. So, and you know, averaging seven points doesn't necessarily jump off the page at you. But yeah, I consider that's in an offense with three guys that average, you know, thirteen or more. So I mean, there's not there's just just one basketball that can go through the hoop at any given time. So uh, Wyatt Shively is probably the most underrated player there on that list because of how many other things he does outside of scoring that I think is why you see him on the second team. Perfectly said by Nick. All right. Uh, is we, there is <laughs> there is no uh, coach of the year listed. If any EPAC boys coaches are listening and there was one, uh, just let us know because there was one for the girls, so we don't know if there is one for I the boys or not. I would guess it be Richard Lewis since his team finished first. but Or Luke Samples. Could be. Or know. you could even throw in Musselman. Yeah, for the Coach Basile with the Coach turnaround Basile they've been able to do. Season. I mean, there's a lot of options that you can go there. Or Coach Church. I mean, it's kind of hard there to, 
to figure maybe out. That's why they didn't vote on one because they just said maybe they all three, maybe all, coach all four tied. I don't know if that's possible. Maybe all the votes. I don't think so. I don't know. If it's all coaches. There's they're all yeah, coach of the year, Colin. Yeah. yeah. There, how about that? Uh, that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford. Revolutionizing the car buying experience. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On our side of this break, uh, we'll talk Capitals and Wizards a little bit, then get into some national headlines. KD uh, it makes his son's debut. Plus, we'll have a fun thing to end the show out about the Scouting Combine. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Back in two minutes. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed our experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it. No questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. At the Berkeley County Health Department, our motto is prevent, promote, protect. Since 1935, our mission has been to provide clinical and environmental services to protect the health of the general public. We're committed to building public health in our community by offering a wide range of services, including blood pressure screening, breast and cervical screening, family planning, counseling, lab testing, and more. We perform health inspections to make sure the restaurants you visit are clean, and we prepare and coordinate plans to respond to all hazards. The Berkeley County Health Department, 122 Waverly Court, Martinsburg. Let's go to some beers. Mountaineer Grill and Pub. Conveniently located right off 81 at 214 Mid Atlantic Parkway, Mountaineer Grill and Pub offers many daily specials, including happy hour 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. with $2 domestic bottles and $2.50 domestic drafts. Monday night is trivia night, Thursday night is wing night, and Wednesday and Sunday night is steak night. Let's go to some beers. Mountaineer Grill and Pub. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by the Marius Group of Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue or call them at 304 263 Four three four three Spencer Nick and Colin, happy to have you with us here as we begin to wrap things up. About ten minutes left in the show today. We'll talk Capitals. Uh, not only did they make another trade yesterday, but they started a West Coast swing. We'll start with the trade for them as uh, letting another player go. This happened after the show. Uh, Lars Eller. They shipped him off to Colorado for a 2025 second round pick, and uh, before tomorrow's deadline, they're also expected to trade forward Connor Sherry. Call on your thoughts. Stockpiling picks. Yeah, they need to stockpile picks. The future uh, is now. hopefully will be bright. Exactly. So they got the win last night. Revenge against the Ducks. So solid. Maybe they can still make it even with a uh, trade crazy team right now, but. 
you got to go younger. That's what we've been saying about the Capitals for a while now since the uh, Cup, which obviously was great, but since then they, they've they done nothing. All it comes down to, unfortunately, to be a Caps fan. And, yeah, got to go from there. The Caps of the Ducks played last night in Anaheim. The Caps on the West Coast, they begin that swing. Uh, they exchanged goals in the first quarter. Martin Faravari scored for the Caps. Troy Terry for the Ducks, there'd be no scoring until the third period. Tom Wilson would score just eight seconds into the final frame. Trevor Zagras would tie it up with about the four minutes left in the game. They would head to overtime, and then Tom Wilson would be the hero for the Caps. Alexiev deliberately handing it back, and here comes T.J. Oshi gaining speed. He's out there with Wilson centering pass. They score! Oshi sent it right to the doorstep, and Tom Wilson. Eight seconds into period number three, 109 into overtime as the Capitals take the bonus point, defeating the Anaheim Ducks 3-2. to two. The Caps get the win. They continue their road trip to take on the Sharks Saturday night in San Jose. Puck drop set for 6 p.m. 5. We might have the game. i got to double-check to see when that Mountaineer game will end. Uh, but last night, you heard the game right here on Talk Radio WRNR uh, as fill-in play-by-play broadcaster Gary Wittenberg and Ken Sabrin there from the Caps Radio Network. And uh, much-needed win for the Capitals to end their bad skid. And uh, that puts them at 66 points on the season and uh, tied with three other teams, including or two other teams, Buffalo and Florida. The Penguins have the final wild card spot right now with 69 points. New York Islanders have 70 with that first wild card spot. But for the Caps, they need to go on a run if they want to win, which with the players they have. Yeah, they the last time they, they went they on a solid run was the West Coast trip the last time around, and that's what they just started against the duck so maybe we can see that again i I still don't think this is a cup team obviously but it's always fun to see your team in the playoffs especially the stanley cup playoffs because you never know what can truly happen in a seven game series teams surprise you when that comes around so it will be fun if the caps do make it but then again i I don't really expect much from them anymore this year i don't this year at least uh, Connor Sherry expected to be flipped before tomorrow's deadline. Maybe that'll happen today in the next two hours. Like it, like it these trades, yep. like these trades have been happening the last couple of days between like one p.m. Eastern and like four p.m. It seems to be when People all that just happens. Get to thinking during their lunch breaks. <laughs> uh, Wizards, they're back in action tonight at seven. They host the Toronto Raptors. So both teams sitting around the same record. Toronto thirty-one, thirty-two. Wizards twenty-nine, thirty-two. Nick, your thoughts? Um, yeah. Hopefully the Wizards can get a win. Uh, definitely a winnable game at home against Toronto. Similar record team, so see how they do. All right, let's move on to more NBA here as KD made his return uh, for the Suns last night, and he had pretty uh, pretty big, big game for him. 23 points, helped the Suns get a win over the Charlotte Hornets. I mean, no surprise that they knocked off Charlotte, but that was KD's first game as a Phoenix Sun, so... Uh, Things are picking up in the NBA. It's the time where if you weren't paying attention already, this is where most people start to pay attention because we're getting toward the end of the regular season. The playoffs are coming. Uh, So the games start to matter a little bit more. The intensity of the players picks up. The defense picks up. And it becomes uh, a little bit more intriguing. So I think with all the moves that have been made, you know, 
things are going to be very interesting in the West and the East. It seems like a two-team race, but two very good teams in Milwaukee and Boston. So I'm looking forward to Milwaukee, seeing how I think, things play out. Now extended its win streak to 16, yeah. if I'm correct. So they're I mean, they looking got, really good right now. But those two teams play the best defense in the yes. league. So I think that's what will give them a big advantage come playoff time because once teams really start to focus on defense in the playoffs, uh, we'll see Milwaukee and Boston really flex their muscle, I think, and it should be uh, if they were to meet in the Eastern Conference Finals in the West. I don't see why they don't. Yeah, I mean, but you never know what will happen. That's true. It's a seven-game series, as I said. Yeah, and then in the West, I mean, it's very uh, open. I think Golden State will certainly have their team playing better basketball to come come that point. Uh, Phoenix obviously has this big three here with Paul, Booker, and Durant. But they lack depth, and those guys have struggled with some injuries, so there's some concern there. But I think overall, it should be a good playoffs, and and getting Durant to play last night for the Suns uh, is the first step in their run here at the championship, because their window is pretty small. I mean, yeah. they're trying to win one for Chris Paul here in the next couple of years, and they don't have much time to do that. That is very true here. And one thing's with kind of a funny thing here today. Uh, what combine drill would you be the best at? How about we do this and we'll get uh, the athletes' take on this. Our intern, Gerald Wright, former Shepherd football player, uh, could be making a return. He hasn't decided yet. Uh, was teasing that for a while on the show. He'll get, he's the real athlete here. We'll talk to him about it last. Colin, what drill at the combine do you think you'd be best at? think it has to be the uh 40 because i don't think i can do anything else good right <laughs> and i can't even do the 40 good but thinking the bench at 225 nope that, that's not definitely not my vertical's bad uh broad jumps bad so it has to be the 40 which would still probably be a 5-5 at best you think you're running a 5-5 i don't know i don't know maybe a <laughs> i six? think you're running like a nine six not a nine <laughs> yes no, way. no not a nine no like you mark out 40 seven. out there right now. I can probably be between 5.5 five and 6. Yeah, 5.5, five, 6. I can get that. 5.5 five is still not that slow, though. In between that, that's not. I cool. think but I can beat Tom Brady. Colin is right the def- call. I feel like all I, three of confident. us are the definition of NARPs. Can you beat Tom Brady's 40? We're non athletic regular people at this point in life. I don't yeah. disagree, but I've I think I can beat Tom Brady's. Most of these drills time. and didn't do well when I was participating in sports. But right. I think I could do the three cone and put up a decent number as a former lineman. I might be able to do it. If I were to challenge myself outside of just running 40 yards straight, yeah. I might be able to do the three cone. All right, Tom Brady was actually 5'17". That's faster than I thought it was, so no, I can't beat Tom Brady. You might be able to beat 45-year-old Tom Brady. All yeah. right. Uh, I'd have to go with Colin. I mean, it's going to be a bad time, but 40-yard dash. All right, now the real athlete. Um. Let's see. Talk closer to your mic, please. I got you. Um, my 40 time, I could get you. Well, you have to pick which one of all the which drills. Which one do you think you Which could one be do best, I think would yeah. be the best at? Yeah. Probably the D-line work. I don't know. And probably the 40, yeah. I could give you a 4.8, 4.7, maybe. We'll have to test that out. I got you. All right. Uh, that will do it for today's edition of the Sports Mix. Thanks to head coach George Goss for coming on. Also heard from Rashawn Edwards after last night's game. If you want to listen to it, you can tune into the podcast. Uh, anywhere you get your podcast, look up the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick. Also on YouTube, we'll have the interview with head coach George Goss later on.
hour. That'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix tonight. You can tune in to the Bob Huggins Show from 6 to 8 p.m. from the Mountaineer Sports Network as Coach Huggins talks about getting ready for the final regular season game of the year against number 11 Kansas State. That's set for Saturday. Uh, but uh, for George Goss for coming on, for Colin McLaughlin, Nick Verzlini, our intern, Gerald Wright, I'm Spencer Free saying so long. We'll talk to you tomorrow on another edition of the Sports Mix. Have a great issue day, everyone. community and bring you the latest local news, local weather, and local sports. Talk Radio, WRNR Martinsburg, Hedgesville, Bowling Waters.